everybody. On this week of Guy Talking Sports, we're going to talk about the um, the Joe Flacco trade, Antonio Brown and his new request to be traded, and the AAF. Is it here to stay, or is it just going to be a passing fancy? All this on Guy Talking Sports. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports. Um, this is me, uh, E, sitting here with you guys on another Wednesday night. And I'm also down here with uh, two of my boys, Al and um, Adrian. So guys, how you doing this evening? Good, man. Good. It's, uh, it's the night before Love Day. So, you know, got the last minute preparations going on and making sure things are nice and tight come tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, I um, almost completely forgot all about that. So um, <laughs> now nah, I'm just playing. Um, everything is all set. So I'm just ready to get this day going and get this whole talk going, this podcast going. Uh, I got a lot to talk about. So. And like me, like a lot of other guys out there, I'll be doing some last minute stuff only because <laughs> that's how sometimes it rolls out. But it's not always about the flowers and the candy and whatever you get. Sometimes it's what you give. And what you do. Exactly. Exactly. So some some food for thought for some guys out there. Uh, but now, down to some football. So there's been a lot of stuff going on this week in sports. Um, obviously, um, the big talking point today, um, breaking news earlier today, was that the Baltimore Ravens have agreed it in principle to trade Joe Flacco to the Broncos. And all the details have not been kind of ironed out yet. They can't really... Um, officially announced and uh, put it on paper until March 1st, I believe, was when 13th. the, 13th, excuse me, 13th, when the, um, the new football um, year starts. So, um, so obviously, this is probably going to be one of a few. And this trade might actually be the domino that kind of starts, you know, trickling down, which will eventually net someone the big fish, apparently Nick Foles out there. So, guys, Joe Flacco. Goes to Baltimore Ravens. They cleared the decks for Lamar Jackson, so he is now numero uno. So what do you guys think about this trade, and do you think uh, the Broncos are smart in doing this trade? Um, from a veteran standpoint, from a Super Bowl winning MVP quarterback standpoint, it's a good pickup for what they gave up. I mean – in their mind, they're looking at it as he's due eighteen million next year. Yeah. If they were to draft a QB, I believe the from what I'm hearing here in the Baltimore area, that is for the fifth pick in the fourth round. So even if they gave up a, uh, if they drafted a quarterback at that particular position, there's no guarantee that that quarterback would even stick. And if he does, you're talking about a third string, you know, second string, third string, maybe a practice squad QB. Um, I think by them trading and getting Flacco, he's going to be a stopgap where I believe that they're going to go out there and grab the QB that they want. Um, plus, I believe some of the brass over the uh, over at the Broncos has some pre-existing type of relationship with Flacco, and they know his – his limits, his liabilities, and they believe that they, for the short term, can win with him. And 
they already have an established run game. So if they put some decent talent around him and an offensive line that can block, because you know he's he's led footed like like uh like Manning, um, he got, he probably has a good opportunity to go out there and thrive a little bit. Now, will he be any better than Case Keenum? I don't know. You know, Case Keenum, you know, had a nice little stretch for Minnesota there two seasons ago, but he never really established himself as you know one of the top 15 quarterbacks in the league or top 20, you know. So uh, it would be interesting to see how it works out. I know, like you said earlier, it, it cleared the way for Lamar Jackson being number one. Now, now the clock is ticking. Now, will Lamar Jackson turn out to be that quarterback that they're hoping he's going to be? Or will the, will the Ravens be out there drafting a new quarterback in two years? That's the big question. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. Um, but I thought that basically – with the Baltimore Ravens, I thought that their time has ran out with Joe Flacco. Um, he's done enough. You know, he is a Super Bowl um, champion um, with them. So I think it's just more so of his time has ran out. Um, I think that it was just to the point where they're starting, uh, quote, unquote, a rebuild, but it's more so just, you know, just starting fresh. And I we don't understand why the Broncos would have got out of all teams would be um, the choice for Joe Flacco. But, you know, I think that, like you said, it's all about Lamar Jackson at this point. And he's proven that he is ready to take the helm um, of quarterback for the Ravens. So I'm, I agree. I, I'm very curious to see what happens going forth. Um, to be honest, I'm very curious to see what the Broncos is going to do with Flacco. Um, because I don't really think that the starting quarterback is still his per se. I think that they may put a competition around the remaining quarterbacks between Flacco and um, Case and um, Case Case and Keenum. Um, I think that they're gonna there's gonna be some competition there. Um, but I really think that this is all about just starting a new new um, team, so to speak, a new tradition now with um, Lamar Jackson at this point. Yeah, with both of you guys. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the Broncos, I mean, the track record of the Broncos with quarterbacks over the last couple of years have been <laughs> pretty damn dreadful. I mean, mm-hmm. the Osweiler, the Paxson Lynch, the Case Keenum, Trevor, Trevor Simeon. I mean, Elway, I don't know. What is he thinking of? Now, this one, I guess I'm with you, Ace. Maybe he's a stopgap measure for, you know, Maybe he gets what a year or two, or maybe probably a two-year contract on the low end, um, mm-hmm. and then at least that kind of buys you some time. Maybe they're like a mid-500 team for the next two years. It buys you the time to either a maybe get in the running for next year when um, kid from Alabama is going to be coming out, or maybe <laughs> or maybe even thinking farther ahead if the kid from um, Clemson, Trevor Lawrence. You know, has another solid year. Maybe they're have their eyes on just having, like you said, a stopgap measure to be able to kind of say, we have a QB, but we got our eyes on the next, you know, year or two. Which I think that the next two years are probably going to have much more big, quote unquote, bang for your buck. You know, QBs in the draft. As this year is kind of, we'll get to that a little bit later. With this year is kind of, you're not sure, but this is Elway picking. Quarterbacks that nobody really wants anymore. So I mean, I don't know what to say. Um. Huh. Now, uh, if they were smart, you got some pretty talented quarterbacks. Now, 
in order to ensure that Denver could possibly grab a Tua, or in your case, a Trevor Lawrence, or, you know, um, they would have to play pretty damn bad. <laughs> that, or they're going to have to give up the farm to trade up high enough if they're like a 500 team to get what they're needing. And I don't know, I don't know if uh, Denver is willing to trade the farm to get uh, a Tua or Trevor Lawrence uh, next year or the year after. I think this year's QB class, though, isn't great. I mean, you know, they say Kyler Murray and uh, Drew Locke and uh, I think one of the quarterback is really like, oh, the kid from Duke, actually, um, supposed to be like the QBs that are really like graded really high. So, I mean, it'd be interesting to see if Denver takes a fly at a quarterback in round two to see if they can grab a decent quarterback and then have Flacco try to groom that quarterback. Now, I, from my understanding in Baltimore, Flacco really wasn't that type of a QB to sit there and try to groom Lamar Jackson. It was more so uh, RG3 that was kind of grooming uh, Lamar Jackson on, you know, the tips and the ins and outs of being a quarterback. So I don't know how receptive um, Flacco would be considering, you know, <laughs> when you draft a quarterback in the first round, you pretty much know your time is kind of running this course before they're going to say, thank you for your services, but, you know, we need to slide the next man in. So it would be telling if Denver then turns around and drafts a quarterback in the first round because then Flacco's got to be like, well, damn, I just left a situation where this situation was like this, and now you brought me to another situation that if, you know, if I'm bad again, then you're only hurting me for the following season because then I may not be able to pick up a job come 2021 or, yeah, 2020 season. So I, I'd be curious to kind of follow this and see how it works out. Now, Lamar Jackson, if this fool could learn how to consistently throw and not fumble, <laughs> it might, he might, you know, he might have something special. Um, and then – you know, the, the big talk here is, you know, they're saying you got to try to put some weapons around Lamar Jackson, but everybody's saying, because you know he's more run-first, pass-second type of quarterback. All wide receivers, they might not want to say it out loud. Not everybody's in that, you know, Anthony Brown, but all wide receivers are divas. And their whole purpose of being in the NFL is to catch the ball. If you don't have a quarterback that doesn't throw the ball much, are they going to attract top wide receivers to come there and play for Baltimore? And the answer is quite possibly no. So they're going to have to try to find some middle of the pack type dudes that are willing to, to block first, you know, and catch pass a second in order to help Lamar develop more so as a quarterback, as far as the passing aspect goes. So those are two things right there that I'm really going to kind of keep my eye on to see how things kind of progress going in towards the draft and towards free agency. Yeah, because I agree. I think they're going to make that transition now to cater towards Lamar Jackson um, with some of the free agents and some of the draft picks that they select um, going forward. I think this was more so of a transition period. And when they traded Joe Flacco, it just kind of solidified that this is the transitioning now um, for the Baltimore Ravens. And now they seem to be heading into um, everything catered to um, Lamar Jackson and that offense. And find the right pieces for him to, you know, find the right pieces to fit around him um, to make it more efficient. 
Um, and I think that's where their transitioning is right now. Yeah, he yeah, um, he definitely got the keys to the, uh, the the car per se with the Baltimore Ravens. So you know, you know, it's his job at this point. So, and with uh, Joe Flacco, I mean, outside of the one Super Bowl run that he had and got the big contract, he hasn't really done a whole lot since then. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it depends. Like I said, it really depends on what kind of contract that the um, the Broncos going to give him. They're going to give him like a two-year contract, I think, to tackle on the last year. I think he had a one year left on his contract. If they give him two years on extension, then trust and believe they're going to be looking for a quarterback, not this year, but, I mean, not this draft, but definitely either the next draft after that or the one after that. So, I mean, Joe Flacco, I think, is borrowed time for the Broncos until they can probably identify who they really want. So I don't see him as a long-term solution, you know, anything outside of three years at, at, at best. I, it wouldn't shock me if, if Denver went and drafted a QB in, say, the sixth or seventh round just for a camp body. Because, you know, a lot of times – it's very rare that a seventh rounder will actually make the team, you know, initially from the team that drafted them. It's not to say that they won't make a team. They just probably won't make the team that drafted them. But it, it, what, it doesn't hurt. I don't think Flacco will feel some sort of a way if a quarterback is drafted in the seventh round. You're like, whatever. Now, first and second round, I think he's looking over his shoulder like, well, damn. You know, you couldn't have done a better trade for me. Couldn't take me down to Jacksonville. You couldn't send me over somewhere where they really need a quarterback that no matter what they draft, <laughs> <laughs> I would still be number one in their uh, pecking order. Especially with, you know, Denver. And I, I, I see Elway as the, being that dude that wants to win. You know, he got that little taste with Peyton, you know, when they won the Super Bowl. And he just, you know, wants to continue maybe continue that trend with getting over the hill QBs and just trying to make one last ditch effort to try to put things in place, especially while their defense is still considered one of the better defenses in the league. Shit, it ain't that many uh it ain't that many Pete Manners out there. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you true. gotta get what you can get. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was saying yeah, you gotta get what you can get. Nah, but it would definitely be interesting to see what they do. With, I mean, I, I think that given the opportunity now with Joe Flacco, it's just that, you know, he's looking for just for that opportunity to showcase what he can do. And as long as he keeps, you know, everything going afloat, he's just looking for that opportunity. Um, now, whether or not he can continue where he picked off, I mean, where he left off is going to be, a different, you know, one thing. But, I think that just looking for the opportunity is something that Joe Flacco is just looking to just grab at this point. Because this time is, is you know, you don't, you don't have that much time before, you know, he's considered a backup or even worse than that. So, you know, all he's looking for is the opportunity to show that he could still be a starter in the league. I think Flacco's going to take this one last, whatever contract he got, hopefully hold on to it, you know, fulfill the contract, whatever it's two or three years. And bow out gracefully, regardless of the situation. You know, he got a lot. My understanding, he got a lot of kids. So he got a lot of miles to feed. But not to say that he just didn't make earn $120 million. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure they're not starving for any type of situation. But if he could grab another $40 million over the course of the next three years, I guarantee he'll take that and try to run, run to the bank. It wouldn't surprise me. Not at all. <laughs> now, another player that I guess that wants to um, make another run to the bank is Mr. Antonio Brown. 
were actually asked to be traded, officially to be traded from the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, we all know there's been a lot of back and forth with him over the last couple of months. He got um, suspended um, the last game of the season um, due to conduct issues, much, much more of a discipline. And we all know the issues that he's had over the last couple of years with the uh, Facebook Live, you know, recording after he won the game. He was going to play the Steelers last year. The off and on issues with um, Ben Roethlisberger, the coach. So we all know what's going to happen, so I'm not even going to rehash that. So Antonio Brown asking for a trade. Where do you guys think he might wind up at? Huh. <laughs> well, there's a pipe dream here in Baltimore where they're saying, is it possible that Anthony Brown and uh, Le'Veon Bell can come over to the Ravens <laughs> along with Lamar Jackson? Uh, because, you know, now that they've traded Flacco, I think they have $16 million in dead money, but they opened up like 10 or $12 million in cap space. So they got cap space where they can go out there and sign some pretty decent talent if they so choose. But from my understanding, Anthony, uh, Anthony Brown, Antonio Brown, excuse me, that, that the Niners are really got their eye on him. You know, Jerry Rice is endorsing him. And, you know, I just don't see how he would work. I'm not saying, excuse me, I'm not saying he couldn't work. Um, but the 49ers, uh, Young receiver, I forget his name, out of Texas. He just starting to emerge. If he could just stay healthy, he's a speedster. He can blow the top off the defense, but that's what Anthony Brown, uh, Antonio Brown, he takes the top off the defense as well. And but he also runs great routes. So I'm not saying, hey, if you could add that type of talent to the roster, and me being a 49er fan, I'll take it in a heartbeat. Um, I also heard some rumblings about that as well. Um, to be honest, I I heard about the Niners as well being in the mix. I also heard the Raiders as well um, also being in the mix. Um, none of the really playoff teams I've heard um, are even considered. But, you know, you never know at this point. Um, question is, what is teams willing enough to give up to get him is really the biggest concern. And Steelers, you know, they have all the cards in the table because they could pretty much pick and choose which – is you know which is more valuable to them at this point, um, and to be honest, it's almost similar. I won't say similar. It's I think that Antonio Brown, you know, you know what you're getting with him. You know, talented wide receiver, but there's some drama there. So, um, with that being said, you know, whatever team that does get him, they have to understand that you're not just getting just a talent receiver; you're getting all the baggage as well. Um, so I really don't see any teams out there that will put with him going there would put him over the top, I guess the you know at this point. Um, but it's interesting because it's kind of like open season to see who will actually um, the Steelers would choose to 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 you know trade services for. So we'll see how that plays out. But this is going to be an interesting summer, that's for sure. Cleveland. <laughs> well, if I well, <laughs> go ahead. If I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, they're not trading them to anybody in their division, let alone anybody in the AFC. So if he's going anywhere, it's going to be the NFC. So the Ravens, forget about it. 
the Browns, forget about it. <laughs> They're not going anywhere, especially down the AFC North. So they can they can forget that. San Fran, that sounds like a probably a good landing spot for them. Um, I guess you have to see which how Jimmy G is going to bounce back, but. My guess is he'll probably be on an NFC team. Now, what you're going to get from him, that's a really good question. You can definitely could probably get a first-round pick for him. Um, and you'll probably get maybe a couple of second rounds, a third round, round or sprinkle over, you know, the next two or three draft draft classes. Um, but um, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, oof. Maybe the Giants, but I don't think the Giants gonna pull that trigger. They got enough heads, headaches with a uh, <laughs> Odell. Um, hey, you talking about a tandem, though? Yeah, they, 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 they're begrudgingly dealing with Odell. They don't want to bring in another one. <laughs> um, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, there's a lot of teams in the NFC I can see him going to. I heard the Cowboys too. That's that sounds like a Jerry a Jerry Jones move. I can see that, and I would hate that. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. But Le'Veon Bell is going to be more because Le'Veon Bell is not a he's a he's a free agent, right? Yes, I think. He, I'm, I also, so. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing that uh, the Steelers might uh, tender him, franchise him. Not they can't franchise him, oh. but they're thinking about uh, whatever they're thinking about doing. They're thinking about uh, something where they put some sort of tag on him. It's not the franchise tag, but they can match whatever. Oh, it's the same thing that the Eagles are doing with Nick Foles. Right, right. They're, they're, that's what I think I said you guys that thing. I said that uh, oh. that uh, Pittsburgh is being real petty with Le'Veon Bell if they decide to do that because they want to be able to match it so that they can still hang on to him, which is ridiculous to me. I mean, so what, he sits out for another year? But then yeah, I guess he's just ruining himself because now he's not getting paid for a second year in a row. Yeah, but the Eagles, they're, they're doing a, 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 they gave him a franchise tag and he had to deny one of those options and then pay back the $2 million and they, they placed a tender tag on him. Well, yeah, right. Then he can, he can go where he wants and they can match, but I don't think they're really going to match. I think they're just, if they have the option to, they're being nice about it, put it like that, <laughs> with Nick Foles. They want to get something, they want to get some value out of, out of him. You should have took that damn, uh, you should have took that contract, be option, you know, take that money. Because I tell you, he's fool's gold. He something about him being in that green in Philadelphia. He plays, he plays well. He goes somewhere else, man. It's like, dude, where's that guy that was last season and the season before? Why the hell I get this piece of doo doo right here? Because <laughs> he played like pure crap when he was in St. Louis. Oh, <laughs> uh, here's a question: Could could Antonio Brown find himself on the um the Green Bay Packers? I don't know how much trade assets they have. But that's a bona that's a bona fide target for um for um uh, Rogers. Yeah. Still won't still won't help their offensive line. That's true. They need a run, <laughs> need a run game. Yes. Without question. If they got somebody like a Le'Veon Bell in Green Bay. I could see that more so than Antonio Brown. Because they got the receivers. I mean they don't have any flashy receivers, but they really never they really had the quote-unquote flashy receivers. They they always had those receivers that were just good, except for the white cat. The, uh, what was the white kid? He went, he went over to Oakland. He didn't do shit when he went over to Oakland. <laughs> but I was saying, they, they don't have anyone that, that, that they fear and really stretches the field that would right. 
you know, that will have to play. The safeties have to play back. They can't just stack the box and just and just and sit on a running back or sit on um, Rogers. Man, I just want to know who works the scouting department in Pittsburgh because they just seem to know when to let go, and they always pick up something. And it's like they don't miss a beat. Like Juju Smith-Schuster was like, really? Okay. He was nice at USC, but okay. And this this fool is turned into a monster in the league. It's like Pittsburgh just know. They let go of Santonio Holmes. They let go of Paxico Burris. And they always have somebody else just lined up, ready to take the next man's spot. Yeah, it's like the, it's like the New England Patriots way. <laughs> man, I, I don't get it. I just don't understand. I mean, I get it, but I just don't get it. Like, how do they – they have a hell of a scouting department. Like, yeah, that's going to be that dude. <laughs> you know, he may not put in the flashy numbers in college, but he comes to the league and it's just tearing it up. Now, we're about to really find out just how good Juju Smith-Schuster is because if Antonio Brown gets pushing is traded, uh, you're, you're the number one guy. So now you're going to get everyone's undivided attention. But he got – he he had the most catches on the team. You still had some people – you had to – you had to look for Antonio Brown, so he didn't always have the same kind of coverage as Antonio that, Brown did. True, true. So now that you have no Antonio Brown, everyone is going to be focusing right on Juju Smith until they have another receiver that makes them, and then that person starts getting a lot of catches. So, true, true. Like I said, he, now he's about to find out just how good he really is. I guess that's where Jesse James in the tight end position got to step their game up and make them a, a second option. And James Conner be healthy. Crazy. Well, hey, you know the NFL is always crazy, um, off season wise. Um, so we're going to definitely going to see. Uh, but one thing I want to talk about because um, this past weekend was the inaugural uh, week weekend of the um, A uh, American Alliance Football League. Um, I think it's <coughs> played for about ten weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, some of, the, some of the key points I remember what they're saying. There is no kickoffs. Everyone starts on, the, I think, the 25 or the 20-yard line. There's no extra points. There's two-point conversions. Must. Um, just, they're speeding up the game. Very few commercials. Um, you know, some of the things that they have that the NFL has kind of been playing around with, but I don't know if they're going to actually go go that route, is when they do the actual um, – instant replay in the booth reviews, they're actually going to have it more interactive where you can kind of hear and see what the guys are talking about when they're doing the reviews. Um, for most people, I, they're looking at this as more like a quote-unquote developmental league or maybe a, I guess this would be considered the G Leagues of the NBA, of, of the NFL in, in a sense, but even in my opinion College football is like a goddamn uh, minors, in my opinion. Yeah, so. right, right. <laughs> so, what would you call the G League? Like the what, the Double A or something like that? Or I don't know. But um, <laughs> but it was. I watched um, two of the games over this weekend. Um, there was some people that were in the NFL and were in college that I recognized. It was a hellacious hit in one of them games. Oh yeah, it's all that. Oh. But um, your guys' opinion? Um, it's the first week. The ratings were actually pretty good. Um, they do have a lot of they do have the NFL um, backing, so they're not in serious competition like the XFL will be when they come out um, the following year. But what do you guys think about the AFL, and do you think this is actually going to have legs? Um, I, I I didn't sit there and watch full games, but I did sit there and watch some of it. 
I think what's happening now is, of course, the NFL has the top 69 quarterbacks minus a Kaepernick available in the NFL. And you can, you can clearly see that the quarterback, the quarterback play differs, dra- well, drastically dips in this league compared to the NFL. Um, but I think if they find some bona fide quarterbacks and bona fide stars and they make some names for themselves, I think it could be a very entertaining league. Um, you know, because these guys, like you said, are showcasing themselves for a possibility of an NFL scout saying, you know, let's kick the tires on this joke and see if we can put them in a camp again. Because a lot of those guys actually made NFL camps. It's just they didn't stick in the league. So um, it'll be interesting to see. I, I saw some Trent, a Trent Richardson sighting. He didn't look any better than when he was in the NFL. So I don't know how long he's going to last. <laughs> Um, I think that was the only – there was Terrence Garvin from West Virginia. He had that game. I guess he's playing for Orlando. He had the two picks. He, he, I think he was recorded as the first interception in the AFL history. And he's the first with the return for a TD in AFL history. Uh, but he also played with the Seahawks, the Eagles. You know, he's, he's a bona fide NFL player just that I guess he didn't make anybody's roster um, this past season or he was cut during the season. So, you know, this this is where I guess keeping his legs underneath him, keeping his way in shape and, you know, keeping his, you know, uh, had the scouts for the NFL's eyes open to say, let's bring him back into camp because we can see he can still got some tread left on his tires. But uh, I thought it was interesting not seeing kickoffs. I definitely love the 30-second commercials. That was awesome. And I love the fact that it was split screen. So you were still seeing the game, but the commercials were split screen. So um, I, I, I enjoyed it. I think I'll be tuning in. But I also heard that the games won't be on CBS anymore. I think the games will be on like the CBS Sports Network, which you'll find in a cluster of all the sports packages where they'll be streaming. So it won't be on that. Uh, no, I also heard it might be on TNT. So it won't be on... So if somebody didn't have a cable box and they had an antenna, they were able to watch the game. So they might lose some viewership that way. Um, but overall, I, I, I thought it was a, a decent product. I think that Alabama could probably take the, take it to a couple of those teams and see who would uh, actually win the game. <laughs> um, I, to be honest, I actually like the product um, very much so. Um, because it does two things. It does it does give the players the opportunity that didn't make it in the NFL to showcase what they can still do. And hopefully NFL teams will still be looking at them. So, and you're right. It does kind of remind me of, like, how the G League is with the NBA, um, where, you know, people may, for whatever reason, um, don't make it to the NFL roster. It'll still give them a chance to still um, be on teams and showcase what they can do where our team, NFL team may take a look at them and bring them back up onto the roster. So you know, I think it's, it works that way. And it's also good because it's trying on new things to, like, like I said, to make it a lot quicker with the, with the um, no kickoffs, you know, with the two-point conversions, 30-second commercials. I think that this is something where 
a lot of people, if I'm pretty sure that they'll get reviews saying this is good um, and this is something that the NFL may have to try. And the NFL may take a look at it and say, you know what, we may try this. And it's, diff- it's, it's very similar to how the G League is because the G League is doing so many different things in it, you know, that the NBA is not doing. And they're doing like maybe they're looking at like possible, for example, four-point plays and all that stuff. Um, the NBA may look at it and say we may apply that rule to the NBA as well. So it gives them a chance. It gives the NFL a chance to see what kind of rules works for the AAL and what rules work for them may transition to the NFL and also gives the players the opportunity to showcase what they couldn't do if they was in the NFL. So. It's a, I think it's a win-win for both. Yes, I like the hits. <laughs> ah, yeah, that quarterback hit was something, boy. Woo. The helmet went flying. <laughs> yes. And he uh, got, got up. Got up. <laughs> it, it was good. I was joking. I was like, now Super Bowl, the flag would have went off before he even got five yards to uh, Brady. <laughs> that would have been an ultimate, you know, roughing the passer, helmet to the head, guy would have got thrown out, fined all that money. That To me, that was a clean, good Stick now, mm-hmm. quarterback should have had his helmet strapped on a little bit more tighter. But to me, <laughs> that was a clean, good stick. Not past the fairness, in my opinion, at all. I think that's what's going to keep people going, uh, coming back just to see if they can catch a few more hits like that. <laughs> it's bringing that old school type of NFL back in a sense. Yeah, I mean, uh, what the, the the league has, they're paying all the guys. Um, I think all the, the guys signed. Yeah, they, they get a three-year contract because they wanted to make it um, comparable to what the XFL is going to do. Mm-hmm. So they gave them a three-year contract for uh, like like two twenty-five. I think it's like winds up to be like seventy-five k per year. Um, however, they're going to have the option if they want to after the, the year. If they want, if someone from the NFL calls them up and wants them to come down, they'll have the opportunity to go to you know NFL team if they get called you know obviously called up. But if they get called in to training camp and they get put on a team, they have that option, too, so they're not bound into a contract for three years. They have the option if they want to go to an NFL team. So I did like that. Um, it's interesting where they're placing these guys based on closeness to certain college um, football teams, so I found that interesting. Um, so we're going to see how that kind of works out. I mean, if you have a you have a football team in Alabama, good Lord, you're going to have a pipeline of uh, – <laughs> Friggin' Alabama football players rolling in there. Jeez. But um, I think I, I like it. It's going to be interesting to see how this first year goes. Um, I think a lot of guys that come out of the NFL probably do need a little more development work. I mean, coaches as well as QB. So it'd be interesting to see year two and three how many players transition from AFL up to the NFL and how do their games go and how many guys go from the NFL – don't make it, go down to the you know AAF and then come back and see what happens. So I think we get a nice good synergy of players moving back and forward and you see the product of the product a lot better. Then yeah, it could be interesting and they keep the hits in there. Shit, people gonna watch because you don't see those kind of hits anymore in the NFL. Right. I'm curious to know if this has some staying power, how arena football is gonna last. Because hmm. they they put on an interesting product as well. You know, they had their rules. It's a much faster pace. But why would I want to play arena football when I could play a somewhat remnants of an actual football game 
not NFL, make some decent money, probably more than arena football money, and still get their exposure to the NFL. You know, and especially if this league and the XFL has some sort of staying power, I, I, I just don't know how it's going to work out from a talent standpoint because it's like the AF, this, the Alliance League, whatever, is probably taking the leftovers for the NFL now. The XFL is going to jump in. So what, they're going to take the leftovers from the leftovers? So it's like they're going to have a, a even more watered-down product then, so they're going to have to come up with some really excellent rules to really solidify and make it so that people want to watch that as well. You know, because now you're talking about three different football leagues, well, four, if you don't want to include the Canadian Football League. What I did hear, though, at some point, the Canadian Football League actually had teams in the, in the, in the U.S. And the teams folded like they didn't have any staying power. Now, of course, the Canadian Football League still exists, but it's strictly in Canada. But that those rules couldn't last in the, in, the, in the United States. So if they couldn't have an established football league like the Canadian Football League stay in the U.S., and they think there's only like two or three squads, I, you know, I'm hesitant to believe that one or both of these leagues can last and if they do, then you best believe the Arena Football League is done. There's just no way that they could sit there and hold a position unless they nestled themselves in some sort of gap when the XFL and the AFL aren't playing. Then that means it's football 24-7, 365, because there got to be I, – I just don't see it. No, I agree with you. I the Football League even plays right about now. <laughs> I I agree with you, and that's one of the reasons why I, I I'm saying that it's going to be a choice between the, AI, the AAL and the XFL um, at this stage. I could see that them two battling out for competition. Um, right now, I, I AAL came out first, so I like you said, people are going to be curious to see what the FXL has to offer, and they're going to make their decisions. Um, like I agree with you, Ace. The XFL definitely needs to make something where, some whether it's rules or something in play, where it provides the staying power that it needs. Um, otherwise, I could really see them folding again. And based off of the history, you know, with the XFL, that's a that's already a dent in what they have going. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. But I could see them two battling out for competition because one of them have to be. You know, the XFL, I mean, the NFL is going to be there no matter what. But whoever gets that second tier is going to be, that's going to be important. That or they could merge the conferences or the two leagues if it seems to work out. Uh, Well, one is the backing of the NFL, AFL. The XFL is Vince McMahon, and I don't, I'll be shocked. I'll be shocked. So, so those, so it's competing. It's not. Um, the AFL is not competing directly against the NFL. The XFL is going to be competing directly against the NFL. So that's mm-hmm. where you want to have that at. Um, but, you know, it's interesting what you said about the um, arena football, Canadian football. I don't think this league right now worries the Canadian Football League and the arena. They, are, they already have their built-in they have their built in fan base. They have their built-in areas, and I think they have their niche. Um, 
hell, you couldn't even tell me where I could find a arena football league game on TV. Um, nor can you tell me where I can find a Canadian football league game on TV. They play, and the Philadelphia Soul here is actually really good and won the um, arena football championship for a few years now. But um, if I don't see them on TV, if the general public doesn't see them on TV, they're out of sight, out of mind. So I don't think the AFL right now threatens their position because they have their niche, they do what they do. Um, it's not going to affect college football because college football starts, you know, September and they're, and the AFL ends like mid-April. So I don't think it's right now, I think no one really has anything to worry about because you have to see how long this goes, how viable it's going to be, if it's going to, you know, have any legs or standing power. My question is, is how much, how much football is too much football? Because to me, it's like the, the good thing about the NFL is that you always know that from September to about what the end of January, you know, you're going to have, you know, a whole bunch of games on Saturday, a Monday and, and a Thursday, but you definitely know Sunday people build their whole darn Sunday schedules around getting home to be able to watch that one o'clock game or watch that four o'clock game or watch the edit. Heck, you can tell us how even in church, they might be like, want to close up shop early if you want to get home to see the Cowboys play the Giants at 4 o'clock people are trying to, you know, get out of Dodge quickly. So the NFL is king on Sundays for about five months. But if you start putting and you got college football on Saturday, so you have your built-in weekend from the fall to the winter. Mm-hmm. But if you start throwing more football in from winter going into spring, now it's like, that anticipation and a rush. I can't wait for college football. I can't wait for NFL because you've been lacking it for four months. Even with the draft and the combine doesn't, you know, that's like a, a weekend or here or there, but how much is too much football? Will it dilute the product at any, at any point, even though it's not actual NFL teams, but it's just diluting your urge to want to watch football. There's not that break in between really as much. And that's my concern going over the next couple of years is if we're going to have too much football. I I mean, the, the American Cup, the American public loves football. It's like the number one sport in the U.S. So I guess, can one not get enough of it? I don't know. I mean, only time will tell, I guess. You know, uh, I think if they want to really make a dent they may have to go in some smaller markets. They may have to go in some states that don't have professional leagues. That it's the college football. Oklahoma's king. Um, in Oklahoma, you know, Kansas or Kansas State is king. Well, no, there's two teams in Kansas. Never mind. But, you know, there's no teams in Montana. There's no teams in South Dakota. <laughs> you know, you might have to put them in these, these crazy places in order to uh, – to, to generate some long standing power and hopefully you know I don't know but I know come Saturdays West Virginia football that's what I'm watching you know I can care less what I'm on Sundays <laughs> yay to, to each their own <laughs> <laughs> well um, uh, people this is uh, it's, it's coming down to that time um, for end of our call here 
but um, we want to thank everyone for out there subscribing, going into the podcast. Definitely subscribe, you know, when we throw out the um, when we throw out the link for the podcast. Um, let us know what you think. Um, all feedback is good feedback, be it good or bad, but it's still feedback. Um, so, guys, before we roll, um, let the public know where they can find you at. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am Al Qualls. Twitter and Instagram, I am Al Qualls. You can find me on the gram, uh, Snapchat, and Twitter, J.E. Ross, the number seven. Once again, thank you, everybody, and hopefully everyone has a happy and safe and lovingly love Valentine's Day. And until next time, peace, love, and soul. Happy Valentine's Day, Jay. Love you. God bless. Have a good one, everybody.